0: Arches and Halos, professional brow grooming. Be bold, be you. Xfinity XFi is more than just fast.
1: It's internet that gives you peace of mind security. Because if it's connected, it's protected.
0: Yeah, even your robot vacuum. Can your internet do that? Learn more at Xfinity.com slash XFi.
1: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen. And this is Molly. So, Molly, the HowStuffWorks.com office has been abuzz with parasites lately. Yes. If you haven't noticed, Um, there is this show on Animal Planet that is coming out called Monsters Inside Me. And it's all about parasites. And we have been trying to think of ways to talk about how parasites relate specifically to women Mm -hmm. for the podcast. So you and I did a little bit of research this week and found some pretty compelling information that I was, I was actually surprised to, to stumble on. Yeah. And it has to do with um, a possible link between parasites and HIV among African women. And HIV among women is a huge problem in Africa because according to the Global Coalition of Women and AIDS 75% of people 15 to 24 infected with HIV are female and more specifically in Southern Africa 57% of infected young people are female and in many rural area in many rural areas excuse me for every man that is HIV positive anywhere from 1.3 to 6.4 women are now infected.
0: Mm-hmm. So obviously, this is a huge global problem. Those are really some staggering statistics, and a lot of the policy that tries to address this problem addresses risky behaviors. You know, we try and spread the word about safe sex, mm-hmm. using condoms. Uh, but, you know, in doing this research on parasites, we learned that educating people just about parasites could have a huge implication on those statistics.
1: Right. And one major source that we ran across was a chapter in a book um, put out by the International Food Policy and Research Institute. And this chapter was written by Eileen Stillwagon, and she's talking about addressing HIV cofactors for mm-hmm. infections, such as, like you mentioned, parasites, malnutrition, and these other things aside from just sexual behavior that are contributing to high rates of HIV and AIDS transmission.
0: Right. Stillwagen is talking about proven cofactors, things that when they happen in conjunction with risky behaviors, uh, increase the chance of transmitting HIV and then actually increase the rate at which it uh, multiplies in your body. So you Mm -hmm. become sicker faster. So one of the big cofactors is malnutrition. When you don't have enough to eat, it compromises your immune system. You know, you're already at risk for getting sick. And when, you know, you add in a sexual encounter on top of that, there's a greater likelihood that HIV will be spread because the rates of transmission between two healthy adults are much lower than the rates of transmission between two unhealthy people.
1: Right. And on top of malnutrition, um, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, parasites aggravate that problem and they're already immunocompromised. And once they have parasites that are also draining the nutrients inside of their body, that makes it even harder if HIV enters their body for them to even fight it off. And we hear a lot about, um, as far as parasites go, we hear a lot about malaria. Over 300 million people in Africa suffer from acute malaria each year and almost 1 million children in Africa die of malaria annually and it stimulates HIV replication. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, there's another uh, less prominent uh, parasite-related disease that's been getting a lot more attention that could have a key, especially for preventing HIV in women. And that is something called schistosomiasis.
0: That's right. And there are 207 million cases of schistosomiasis in the world, and 90% of them are in Africa. So obviously, this is a huge problem in Africa. And what happens with this condition is you basically get it by going into snail-infested waters, Mm -hmm. streams where, you know, these people might be going to do their laundry, uh, to wash, to play. You know, the, the thing that kind of hit home for me in reading this chapter by Eileen Stillwagon is when she says the riskiest thing for these African children is not, you know, a sexual encounter. It's just going swimming, basically. Right. What happens specifically in, in these freshwater areas are,
1: Trematode flatworms um, that are larval forms of parasites that are released by these freshwater snails and they get into the skin of the people who are, like you said, washing their clothes or going swimming or whatever they might be doing. And then the larvae will develop into adult schistosomes, which live in the blood vessels, and then the parasites release eggs, um, which pass out of the body in urine or feces and others are trapped in body tissues. And one of the major problems between schistosomiasis and HIV is the fact that uh, a lot of the parasites will develop in the urinary tract.
0: Right. So you've got them on the vagina, you've got them in the cervix, and that's sort of the main place where HIV can be transmitted. So you've got people, you know, with a lot of open sores, basically, because once uh, the worms are fully in there, you're left with a lot of sores. It almost looks like a sexually transmitted infection, which is why a lot of people don't seek treatment for this, because it's a lot of stigma to go to a doctor and say, you know, I've got bloody vaginal sores.
1: Right, Molly. And because of all of those factors combined, uh, Stillwagon points out that with the possible exception of malaria, schistosomiasis is the most significant parasitic cofactor of HIV transmission because of where they're colonizing and how the, the making the, perfect entry point mm-hmm. for HIV virus.
0: Because basically once the virus is there, it's just got all sorts of body fluids to interact with. The bloodstream with that open sore gives uh, the HIV a direct trans- direct access to the bloodstream. Right. Heading straight for the bloodstream, making an infection, and then as you said, replicating much more quickly than it might otherwise.
1: Right, and this is happening in men as well. Men can also develop schistosomiasis, but it's not creating as open of an entry point for HIV transmission as it would be developing in a female cervix. Right.
0: And, you know, still wagons at the end mentions a vaccine for this, but we happened upon a New York times article. That's very recent, May, 2009 by Donald G McNeil uh, talks about a drug called, and I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, Mr. McNeil, uh And they're saying that for 32 cents per child, you could vaccinate children against uh, schistosomiasis in the first place. Right. So they
1: would never um, actually develop these parasites. And so they would have a lowered risk of HIV transmission, according to all this this research that's been done. But there is one factor to this is that uh, you still have to address those um, sexual behavioral cofactors because it can't obviously cure HIV. I mean, this mm-hmm. is talking about vaccinating children. You still have to talk to like the older females and men in the communities, but it could make a big impact. And there is a pilot program in Burkina Faso um, for 70 million toddlers and school-age children um, who are going to be treated with this vaccine for $22 million, repeating every two years for a decade. And this has been hailed as potentially Africa's 32 cents solution because it could have a huge impact on lowering the HIV transmission rate.
0: Yeah, because, you know, one of the reasons I should probably point out why you would give this drug to the children is it it kills the worms before they can create the sores. It doesn't cure the sores. So people, adults who already have this, will have to seek alternate means of treatment. But ultimately, Stillwagon's argument in this chapter we keep citing is that we need to broaden our HIV policy in Africa. So it, it educates people about this potential parasite. Uh, you know, obviously we need better nutrition methods down there, but it's an interesting way to think about policy as not just, you know, teaching people in Africa to use condoms.
1: Right. And like you said, um, the the stigma associated with the side effects of schistosomiasis, if they have these pilot programs and women are more aware of what could be happening, that might make them more apt to go seek medical attention if they do have those sores because they might recognize that it might not be an STD, that it could be this parasitic infection. So it could have a ripple effect. It could. And we hope, and of course we hope that it does.
0: Yeah. So if you want to learn more about parasites in general, then watch Animal Planet on Wednesday nights, 9 p.m., because they're going to cover all sorts of things on Monsters Inside Me related to parasites. Um, I don't know if they're going to do parasites in women in Africa, but who knows?
1: And since Molly and I just touched on a very small portion of the uh, issue of women and AIDS globally if you would like to learn more about that I highly recommend um, googling global coalition of women and AIDS and heading over to their website because they have a lot of great information and good statistics as well and that's a co-project of the United Nations
0: and just we have a lot of parasite info in general, at the blogs at HowStuffWorks. Kristen and I have a blog. We've done each a few parasite posts, so check out how to stuff at howstuffworks.com. Listener mail? Yes. <laughs> so we did have a few observant listeners who realized that we didn't quite answer the question we set out to in the podcast Are organic foods healthier? I blame this on the fact that we wanted to just really talk about food. We were hungry when we recorded the podcast. We wanted to touch on the foods that are better to buy organic and kind of skimped on the question. Yeah. So a lot of people wrote in saying well is it true? Can uh, you know the pesticides that are on these foods harm me? Can they kill me? What's the deal with the pesticides?
1: Alright so and I will instead of reading the listener mail I guess uh, I'm reading listener response mail. This is uh answer that I offered out to a couple of listeners who wrote in about this. And I said, from what I can gather, the jury is still out on whether and how pesticides from the food we eat uh, really harm the body. In large doses, research has shown that they can fry our nervous system and disrupt our endocrine systems, which is especially harmful for children since it affects secondary sex characteristics and development. And according to the Environmental Working Group, pesticides in food are most harmful to fetal and child development rather than adults. And the BBC has also reported that some pesticides promote bacteria growth on some food that can lead to food poisoning. At the same time, there are plenty of stories out there as well that refute the health and environmental benefits of organics. And uh, I look for a little insight on the EPA's role in uh, regulating the pesticides on the food we eat. And basically, the EPA sets what are called tolerance levels of how much of pesticide residue can be left on food that we buy in the grocery store without being harmful to humans. Mm -hmm. So there is regulation out there, even though if you're buying a non-organic apple and it is covered in maybe a little bit of pesticide and that that wax gives it that glossy sheen. Supposedly... It is within the realm of safety for mm-hmm. human consumption, according to EPA and probably FDA standards as well.
0: And, you know, I think it just sort of, I think it can come down to the individual. Krista and I were both raised on non-organic food. We both seem to think we're okay. But we did get an email from a listener whose son, you know, it started to develop a, a weird odor. And they found that when they switched him off the milk with growth hormones he did much better so Mm -hmm. it's it's something i think we can monitor through observation and as kristen pointed out it might be a more sensitive issue when someone is a child or an infant
1: right or if you are pregnant yes so i hope that answers some of y'all's questions about organics and if not you should head on over to howstuffworks.com For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Want more HowStuffWorks? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready.
0: Are you? In this time of pandemic and revolution, do you find yourself frustrated at high levels of corruption and inequality, at our inability to get basic things done? At the persistence of systemic racism, you're not alone. I'm Baratunde Thurston, author, activist, and comedian. Our democratic experiment is at a tipping point, but which way we tip is up to us. Listen to How to Citizen with Baratunde on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. What if
1: I told you that UFOs, haunted houses, and even inexplicable magic tricks are all caused by the same creature? And what if I told you these powerful and ancient beings are meant to be feared? The Hidden Jin, a new podcast from iHeartRadio and Aaron Mankey's Grim and Mild, explores the legends of these ancient and terrifying creatures. Join me, Rabia Chaudhary, as we step into the world of The Hidden Jinn. Listen to The Hidden Jin on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.